Hello, I'm Lloyd Scrag, and this is the 9320 podcast. Um, so we've got an FA Youth Cup uh, final special for you today. And uh, as you've probably already guessed, um, I'm delighted to be joined today by our resident expert, uh, Stephen McInerney, or our Steam Company on Twitter. Um, how you doing, mate? Been a couple of weeks since we spoke. Um, it has. been hanging out with some of the... City legends uh, predicting your five-a-side city team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess by the time uh, this goes live, that embargo's long since gone. But um, yeah, I did uh, <laughs> this weird five-a-side dream with Trevor Sinclair, Richard Dunn, uh, Les Chapman, Chappie, as we all know him, Nicky Weaver, who's still really, really good, by the way. Really? He is phenomenally good. Like, And the point is where he was the best there of all the pros by a long way. Like, You just think, if he hadn't got that knee injury, his knee, he was still holding his knee when he was playing then, but he made a couple of saves that like, drew gaps, you know, from, from everyone watching. Oh, really? Like, uh, yeah, that good, phenomenal. Like, the size of him and the agility. I thought he's still a goalkeeping coach, Sheffield Wednesday. But yeah, that's um, it's probably just gone live now, but that was part of better save, like a derby preview. So we, I played five as I football with them, which was a, a, a bizarre moment, a genuinely bizarre moment, but uh, a, a great day. And um, yeah, that'll be a video on better save somewhere. So that was plenty of fun. But yeah, Weaver. What a guy. So, so good still. What was, what was Sinclair like? Cause I'd have thought he'd have been there. He was all right. Um, I was on the team full of ex-pros, so I don't want to ruin it, but I may as well, that we battered United, which was good because they were <laughs> a mixture of ex-celebrities and pros. So there was loads of people like Anthony Crawler, the boxer, oh, yeah. and Brian McFadden from Westlife, bizarrely. But So we had all ex-pros and, and myself. So um, we were just much better. So Sinclair was good. Uh, Dickov as well. Dickov was good. Um, he was there, uh, Paul Dick- Dickov. Yeah, but yeah, we had Andy Morrison as well. So we had Richard Dunn, Andy Morrison at centre back, and then a midfield of uh, like uh, Trevor Sinclair and Dick uh, Dick of up front with Weaver in goal. So that five side team was somewhere else. It was a, uh, it was good. It was a good day fitting into that, to be honest. But no, I, um, I did. I, did, I got bollocks by Trevor Sinclair for being greedy. <laughs> oh, excellent. But, uh, yeah, but I didn't see him. Tunnel vision when I went through on goal. But yeah, it was all a good laugh. It was good fun. Nice one. So everyone have to look out for that. Um, Okay, so on on to the um, FA Youth Cup. So just to just to quickly run through for the listeners, we're just going to take a look back at Tuesday's first leg, um, which obviously ended one one, the same as last year. Um, we'll preview Wednesday's second leg at Stamford Bridge, and then we'll just talk a little bit at the end about um, what we should expect from this group of players moving into next season, and uh, yeah, like yeah. likely loans or whatever. Um, so yeah, just to start with the team selection. Um, Obviously, really good to see Jacob Davenport back um, after a long layoff. I know he's made a few sub appearances, but um, no Latty yeah. Baudier at the back. Um, yeah, that's about as strong as it could have been, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, I was quite surprised, if I'm being honest, because um, they put Diallo in defence, and I've not seen him play in defence for a long time. And obviously, Latty Baudier was injured, so there was going to have to be a change there somewhere. But Joe Coven, he's been playing there recently and done pretty well at centre back, and I fully expected him to be the choice. But given the fact that Diallo is a little bit, you know, uh, bigger physically, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me he was there, and obviously he can pass the ball very well. So that was a surprise, but it made sense. Davenport actually was the biggest surprise for me because. Um, I mean, probably not his fault as such, but he's been injured all season and he hasn't really been the one to get the team to this position so far. It's been all the other players in the squad and that obviously isn't his fault, but I wasn't expecting him to play and I, I personally don't think it was a good idea. Um, I don't think it played out particularly well, mm. but I don't begrudge him being there because I do really like Jacob. I think mean, he's a great little player. and I think he battled his heart out on the night, but that was a surprise for me. And uh, then go in front of him, you know, uh, obviously we had Smith there as well. So he went for legs and energy and kind of tenacity midfield behind Foden. 
Um, and then Brahim, it was always going to be a situation where would Luke Bolton get in? But I had a feeling beforehand on the um, the last pod we did that it would be um, that Brahim might always probably always get ahead of Bolton, even though he's not necessarily a right winger because of his talent, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah, there's a couple of little surprises there, but it was a pretty strong team overall. Yeah, there's no real complaints, I guess. So just just on the game, um, then particularly, I thought it was a bit of a difficult start. Um, obviously, as you referred to with Davenport, Davenport and Smith kind of struggled to get hold of the midfield in the first thirty minutes. Um, I thought Smith in particular struggled a little bit just down, uh, just yeah. supporting um, Ty, uh, Tyree Wilson. I think no, uh, yeah. Dehaney at right back. Uh, Mason okay. Mount was just getting into into those channels quite a lot but um, yeah what, what, what do you make of the first half because I think obviously we, we grew into it and Lee Carsley subsequently said he thought the team were a bit overwhelmed uh, by the occasion at the beginning yeah that's it entirely I mean I think we've had it not easy but they're such a good bunch of players that most teams don't have the now or the pressing ability or the technique to actually challenge the underrated teams very often it was their strength their pressing power the pace and they're obviously more physical than most teams as well they're fast with technique and I think that did take us by surprise they were incredibly sharp and incredibly organised and easily the most impressive team we faced this year and when you combine their organisation and their strength with that technique and pace you get a pretty formidable opponent and I think the players were a little bit shocked by the intensity that Chelsea came out and it was quite reminiscent of the game last year in terms of Chelsea started incredibly strongly and they were out us very often but um, I think there's a little difference in the teams from last year and this one I think this one always does know how to overcome a challenge eventually Um, and I think that was the most encouraging thing for me is that um, they adapted uh, when the odds didn't look particularly promising initially they adapted to the setbacks they adapted to the intensity they changed it around they got to grips and they got their game going despite the lack of physicality and I think in general I wish we were playing Chelsea more really like I think uh, there's an argument that we should be playing teams like Chelsea because it encourages these players to better themselves often mm. and I think it's a shame that we only play them a couple of times a season I know that's kind of natural but over in Portugal for example I think all the big teams play each other the academies play each other like several times a season because they challenge each other against the best constantly and um, I know it's obviously there's a league format for a reason but I would like to be able to test the players a lot more often and I think there was a great example of how these two teams up their game to go against their peers and it was great for their development for but yeah I was really uh, impressed by the reaction I thought Chelsea were deservedly ahead I thought they were really good Um, but it definitely did surprise us Um, but the reaction as Carl as you said was fantastic yeah and the, the thing is what was weird about it as well is whilst I thought Chelsea were completely on top City probably had the the better clear cut chance of the first half because obviously Nemecha, um went through twice. First time hit the post, second time blazed just over with his left, and then obviously Sancho had a good chance himself. Yeah, the big chances them, and um, I guess that speaks a lot about the individual brilliance we've got in this team. That even when we're maybe not controlling the midfield in the way we used to, or the way that we normally do, uh, we still got that uh, ability to just break so decisively. And um, you would have bet a lot of money on the major scoring one of those chances, given the form he's in at the moment. Six goals in two games in the semi-finals, and about. I think he's on a, on a goal a game this season. And that's despite a, a dry patch at the start of the season. Um, and it was uncharacteristic for him to not to score. But, and Sancho as well, when he cuts in on that inside left channel, one and one. I thought that was in, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was in. But he, even he, though, he had a, a weird first half. And I was actually sat quite close to the sideline. And my girlfriend actually pointed out quite early on that he was stood there, uh, kind of just pulled up, holding his hamstring, looking really knackered. And after that moment, I kept my eye on him. 
and he was for him he was tracking back a lot slower than he usually does and he was proper panting so i didn't think he looked particularly fit i looked like he'd taken a knock or something at one point so when he went through and goal i kind of wasn't then surprised that he'd missed because even then after they missed the chance he stood there keeled over so i was wondering if there wasn't something quite right about sancho in terms of he'd taken a knock or something like that but you would expect this team given how clinical they usually are to take one of those chances and um but then again, I don't. I think Chelsea. You know, I think it was fair value that they went ahead. I think they were controlling the game in general, and um, I think our counter attacks were brilliant. But I think Chelsea were the better team in the first half, and um, it was a kind of just result at half time. But yeah, yeah, no, completely. On on Sancho specifically, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting how they, because obviously they played three at the back. How they every time he got the ball, they were doubling up on him. Um, First yep. half and second half, um, and their number two, I think, I think his name was, I can't remember his first name. I think it was James. The work that he did on Sancho um, with the right wing back tucking in, they were just, it, it, it was an obvious tactic from um, from Chelsea's yeah. manage, management team. Um, I just, yeah, I, it's something I really noticed. Every time he got the ball, he was having to wriggle out of a few quick challenges to even re- oh, receive yeah. it in any space. He had no space at all. They were on him constantly. And um, I think credit to him, because I don't think he ever ducked at any point. I don't think he wasn't... I thought he was quite eager to get on the ball and try and make things happen. And even though he may have held on to it a little bit, I think he came from the right place. I think he was clearly trying. And um, sometimes you just kind of have to, I guess, learn to deal with situations where you're going to be double or triple marked. And Chelsea obviously did a number on him. You know, but they weren't as overly physical, but they definitely... They were on him constantly. And um, I guess that's something he's probably not faced much before that he'll have to learn to deal with. And I guess the situation for him there is to learn how to then use the fact that he's taken out the game for the other people's benefit. Like He obviously needs to be able to draw people then to let someone else like Foden or Brahim use the space. And I think that's something they'll probably learn. I'm sure Lee Carsey will probably sat there in the dressing room beforehand saying, if this happens, draw as many people as you can, then release the ball. You know, And I think that's probably the way City will try and get around it. But I thought Sancho, he did struggle a little bit. But I think it was probably a new experience to be that closely marked. But I don't doubt uh, his ability on the big stage. He's had great games all season. And coming up against a really highly clinical, organised Chelsea, it, it isn't a slight on his ability, even if he wasn't like a you know a match winner like he usually is. Uh, but it was interesting to see how he reacted to that. And I thought in general, his attitude was pretty good. Uh, it was just a, probably a slightly quieter one for him. No, I'd go along with, I'd go along with all of that, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's a good experience, isn't it? Because yeah, totally. we, we saw... We saw with Hazard against um, United. Obviously, Sancho wasn't man marked in the way that Hazard was, but it's that kind of that's the kind of treatment that you're going to get, um, yeah. you know, when you move up to professional football. So it's being able to shrug that off, and I, I thought his attitude was really good. He, he got away a few times. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I thought it was encouraging. He didn't hide, did he? I don't no, think he, he didn't hide at any point. And I, I think a lot of people maybe said Brandon Barker, who was yeah. a very similarly rated star, had a tendency for not for the wrong reasons, but maybe Just wasn't drifted out of games a bit. Yeah, more. yeah, as did like his head dropped a little bit. Um, and it, I didn't get the impression at any one point Sancho's confidence ducked, which is a good sign because you don't always you can be affected by not being effective. I know that's weird, but you can take people out of the game, can't you? And uh, I think that's something he'll learn as he gets older because we forget. He's still just an absolute baby, just turned 17. Um, in football, in terms of nothing. So I think he'll probably learn how to not be in the game. So in terms of how to use the space available for others. And I think that's something that they're probably trying to take advantage of in the second leg. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so if just move it forward slightly to the second half. Um, obviously, City got a bit of a better hold on things. Um, I think Davenport and Smith tucked in a lot better, got more involved. Yep allowed Foden to get on the ball um, a bit more and 
play those little passes and delay the passes as he's so good at. Um, yeah. What did you make of the second half in general? I thought yeah, we saw Brahim start to drift in from the right because he wasn't getting much joy out there. And naturally, he's the kind of player what, like kind of Sandri wants to take control of the game. And I think unintentionally or intentionally, I don't know what, how, how it came about, with him drifting in kind of gave a double problem for Chelsea's midfield. So they weren't sure to go to Brahim or Foden, which kind of in uh, in a self-created space of either of the other and I think that actually helps it a lot and obviously there were things that must have been said at half time and the players were a lot crisper with the passing they were a lot more focused and um, in general they just kind of reassessed and they were a lot more sharp into the tackle they were a lot brighter and as ever a, a good chance kind of gets the gets the crowd going and we were on the front foot from the off there in the second half and I, I think in general we were the better team in the second half maybe there wasn't quite as many clear cut chances weirdly as the first half but I think we did edge the first, did, did, did edge that second half and I think the 1-1 was fair Um but I, yeah, I thought um, Foden wasn't at his best, even though he scored a beautiful goal. Yeah, I thought he was he quite was, quiet. I think he was relatively quiet, um, and maybe he wasn't. Uh, maybe he wasn't quite used to the the close attention either. But I don't think really, once again, I don't think he hit either in particular. I just think he was possibly maybe a little bit overwhelmed initially. Uh, not everything he was uh, he wasn't turning the, the right way constantly as he usually does. But maybe also he probably didn't have a number eight alongside him the way that he usually does. Normally, we have a number six sitting, number eight, kind of doing the box-to-box role, and, and obviously the number 10 getting forward constantly. But Smith and Davenport both sat a lot deeper, so he was a lot more isolated. And um, I mean, he was definitely helped when Brahim started to drift in from the wing because uh, obviously Brahim acted more like a number eight alongside him then, even though he was meant to be playing right wing. Uh, and I think that definitely had to help the shape of the team, even if it did leave us a little bit kind of lopsided down the right side. But... Uh, yeah, it was a it was a, a better performance. I was really impressed with the character, really, because uh, it, this team does genuinely never know what it's being. They never do. They always seem to come back. Um, they always find that extra gear to go up because they've got an arrogance to them, which is healthy in terms of they think they can beat and score anyone. And you have to have that kind of level of confidence to reach it to the very top. And I don't think you could deny that all those do. And another day in the major hadn't been had been in the major of all season and. Maybe we could have had a couple of more goals potentially. It might have been a little bit unfair, maybe, but you know we did have the chances. It's a story of um, no, we did have the chances. The first definitely. team season, weirdly enough. But then again, Chelsea hit a post as well, you know, and uh, they had a couple of good chances. I think one-one was definitely fair. No, I think I think one-one was fair. Um, it, it was weird because in the second half, whilst like you said, whilst, I think City were a lot more assured, but weirdly created less chances. But the the threat of um, a Chelsea goal didn't, didn't seem as real. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I really thought just Smith and Davenport obviously got to talk to from Carsley. In that second half, because I thought he started the game, he looked like a man who'd been injured all season at the he start did, of the yeah. game. Yeah, and this is understandable. But he obviously kind of got to grips with the pace of the game a lot better. And I was really happy for him because he was a lot, it was a lot, yeah, he was just a lot more on it in the second half. And that was the Davenport that rightly, in my opinion, ran away with all the awards last season. Like uh, the kind of heartbeat at the side. And it was also, I thought the second half kind of, showed um, an interesting debate about the value of what you want from number 10 because I thought uh, you got Foden and Brahim there. I wasn't sure if this was going to be something you're going to touch on later, but we may as well go for it now. We've got Foden and Brahim who both want to be number 10, but who are both similar but yet different at the same time. I think Foden's a lot more kind of graceful. He's a lot more of a spin and kind of pass kind of person. And whereas Brahim's instinct obviously is to drive yeah. forward constantly and yeah. run a defence. And then I actually thought he was a lot more effective against Chelsea. It was almost like we were fighting fire with fire because Chelsea had a lot of running power. Yeah. But I think having someone do that back to them was almost a little bit startling for them. And I think Brahim was turning, making a lot of space. Um, and I thought it was, uh, was kind of, 
it kind of set an interesting kind of dilemma for Carsley for the next round because he could decide he wants a, a more natural right winger in Luke Bolton. And but then you think, well, who misses out potentially? It could be Brahim might end up playing as a false nine. It could be uh, Foden could even drop to the bench. I don't think it'll ever happen, but it could be if you've only got one number 10 there potentially. It, I mean, it could be just be that Brahim plays out right, right again. But there is an argument which suggests maybe we need to look at at some point during the second leg potentially at what we, what we want from that number 10. It could be that one of them moved there, one of them switches out wide or something like that. Because Foden in the end did end up drifting over to the right a little bit while Brahim was more central. So it what, was. Um, what did you make of Brahim's performance specifically? Because um, as. I was at the game, so wasn't really on Twitter at the time. But um, when I was dri- when we were driving away, I just saw quite a lot of people were quite critical of him. And I know, yeah. obviously, the thing is, his game is such that it, it, it is risk and reward. That um, obviously, his dribbling is so good. That if if he loses it early, then it can you know it left us exposed a few times. But then equally, you know, conversely on the other side, he really got away from Chelsea and set up. Um, most of our good chances, I think he put the ball through for Sancho. Um, yeah. he, I think he put Nemecha through for one of them. And he put Nemecha through twice, I think. Did he put him uh, through twice? Well, yeah, pretty certainly did. Uh, but no, I thought Brahim was really good. I mean, I, I saw that criticism on Twitter as well. I was baffled by it. I think, I think there was a lot. Of, I think there's one particular account, the Reserves Academy account. <laughs> if you listen to this, mate, just my personal opinion that I think you, there's a bit of a down on Brahim because it meant Luke Bolton was not in the team which I think is not really anyone's fault and the idea that Brahim is greedy is nonsense he's not greedy he's just naturally a dribbler like, like a person who is a dribbler and that's their main asset doesn't make them greedy he's, he's 100% a team player he always, he's incredibly dedicated he's the kind of person that likes to take the games to teams and he was taking it to Chelsea I thought Brahim was good not everything he tried came off and he did sometimes hold onto the ball a little bit too much but he was really going for Chelsea and he created some of our best chances and in general he wanted that ball and he wanted to drive forward and he got kicked to pieces as well he, he generally did, did yeah. get hacked several times um, I thought his performance was good he's a percentage player Brahim isn't he as you were saying not everything he'll do will come off but when he's got that much magic in his boots you'd be stupid not to let him try that and not every dribble Messi comes off not every dribble that Sane or Sterling will do will come off but you don't get a player that instinctively talented and then expect him to be different. I mean, Foden is a more of a creative, he's more of a kind of subtle number 10, I guess. He's a touch player, isn't he? He's a touch player. Yeah, he's a touch player. Whereas I would I would actually weirdly like uh, Brahim more to De Bruyne in terms of De Bruyne is a percentage player as well. Like not everything De Bruyne comes off. They're not the same stylistically, but he, it's, it's the same in terms of output, I would say. In terms of De Bruyne, he plays the big passes. He'll play the most ambitious things more often than Silva probably would. But you're getting a different thing there, but both can affect you for their own kind of way. I thought Brahim was good in terms of what he did. He, I think he stepped up when he mattered. I think he was driving us forward. And he could have had a couple of assists and he would have been deserved, in my opinion. He's obviously only still very young as well. And he's got a long way to go, as he all had. But I think it was pretty harsh uh, calling uh, Brahim greedy or saying he had a bad game. Because I thought he, he did the best he could in the circumstances where we weren't playing at our very best. And he was looking to take control of the midfield when some, when some of the others were a little bit overwhelmed. So I was impressed, personally, by his character more than anything. No, same. I, I, to be honest, on balance, I thought he was probably our most dangerous player um, across the full ninety. Yeah. So, I just found the criticism a bit baffling. Um, no okay. strength. Looking for a scapegoat, I think, which yeah, wasn't think needed. So. I don't know. Um, so, just moving forward to the second leg. Obviously, I thought um, that Carsley's comments that I referred to earlier were interesting. In that he said after the game on ITV Four that um, he said it weirdly. I'm. I was quite encouraged because you know that's really nowhere near the level that we, we know we can play at and have played at this season. So 
um, he said, you know, will we go to Stamford Bridge really confident that, um, you know, we we can do a lot better than what we did tonight and kind of, as we did in the second half, grow into it a lot more. Would, would you go along with that? Oh, yeah, totally. He's, he's absolutely spot on. Um, there was things in the first half in particular where you saw people like Matt Smith, who's usually so precise with his passing, just screw it out of play. And that is not Matt Smith, you know, and that Sancho as well, maybe overdoing it a little bit more than he usually does. Foden looking a little bit lost. Those players are better than that. And the major hasn't been missing those chances recently. There were several players there. He probably put a six out of ten performance compared to their usual performance level. And the, the best thing about it is that they've already kind of learned what Chelsea are capable of in terms of... I think Chelsea came out really good. I think this Chelsea came out... I'm not saying it's Chelsea's best, but they came out a lot better than we did. Yeah. And we've already seen more. Yeah, and Hudson Odoi, however it's pronounced, I thought he was excellent as well. And I think um, they've... Uh, I think they showed a lot more of their best than we did of ours. Yeah. Um, kind of overwhelmed at Stamford Bridge it is a different team though it's a, it's a different bunch of players apart from a few uh, familiar names um, I think it will be different I think it will play differently uh, and I think there's more of a self-belief and kind of more to come from this team than there was from the one last year potentially I think it's more of a kind of golden generation so to speak I mean I could be totally wrong They could Chelsea could go up another level again but I think I think this. I don't think you think this is our best chance then, be probably. Uh, yes, I think this team is, is fantastic. I can't. Tommy Doyle is in fifteen. Actually, all these people are fantastic young footballers, but. This, they're not going to be much better than the ones we've got now. It's very hard to be a better bunch of players than we've got at this level. Because this, this, this bunch of first-year scholars are fantastic. Um, but, yeah, this is probably our best chance in the, uh, for a long time. Uh, and I I think we'll see a bit of a fight. I think it'll be a, a lot more intense than we realise. I think it'll probably be quite end-to-end. I actually expect there to be a few goals as well. I'm just hoping there's going to be plenty for us because Chelsea are going to score a few too because they know how to score goals, Chelsea. I know well, and thankfully they haven't got Tammy Abraham this year as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> he he's on... doing bits out on loan, isn't he? Yeah, well, um, I, I'm in Bristol um, at the moment, and um, I've been to a few games at Ashton Gate this season, and he's just unbelievable. I think he scored, he scored about, yeah, as we're recording, he scored about 20 minutes. 24 ago. is it? 23. Oh, really? I think it's 20, wow. 20, 26 in all competitions. Um, you know, which is he's just a... ridiculous he... in a debut professional season. I actually. I hope Chelsea use him next season. I really do because I think most people who watch football regularly just like seeing these young players grow, and I think it's fascinating to watch their development. And I don't think many people realise how many good young players we've got in this country across 
across the country at all levels. There's so many talented young footballers, and for the first time in a long time, I don't think the level that our youngsters play is that much inferior to across the other countries. I think, if anything, it's probably just as good. Look at the England teams battering the likes of Germany, you know, at youth level, and it's it's a, a very gifted bunch of 16 to 18 year olds who've got everywhere at the moment. I just want to see some of these get a chance because they deserve it, and we could save ourselves. A lot of money in this in this league, and the English team could be full of wonderful players from Fulham, Man City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. All these players that are doing such good things at youth level. I'm hoping they go on loan like Tammy Abraham have done and get a great chance and play some football. Then actually, then get a chance. I'm hoping Abraham isn't then sent off on loan to Vitesse or something like that. <laughs> he should be, you know, around because that you wouldn't be surprised, would you? And he should be given a chance after scoring that many goals and having that much physicality. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was loaned out again. If so, that would be an absolute crying shame, in my opinion. But, you know, football football does that these days, sadly. But, yeah, they're they're proving, in my opinion, some of these players that they've definitely got the ability. They just need a chance. And, thankfully, Abraham's proven that. And let's hope Chelsea, who, in my opinion, alongside City, pretty terrible at this integration kind of thing. Let's hope uh, he can prove them all wrong there and set a bit of precedent. Yeah, well, on the subject of integration, actually, good segue again, Stephen. Um, just moving into... Thank um, you, <laughs> Just moving into, um, obviously, oh, you know, the, the season will be pretty much coming to an end for, for the youth team after the, um, after the youth cup. If, we look yeah. at, if we're looking into next season, um, obviously, you know, the main stars of this team, the um, ones we've spoken about, Brahim, Sancho and Foden are 17, 17, and I think still 16 in Foden's case. Um, what, what what can we expect from the stars of this team? Do Because obviously, you know, they'll go on the pre-season tour, most of them, but what what's your inkling on them? Um, I think it's slightly different for each of them. Like, um, So if we, uh, if, if think, we take it individually, them... then let's start with Brahim, because obviously... Start with Brahim because well, I think he's, probably... he's, the, he's the most experienced. I think he's played the most football of the three at that level. Um, and he's the oldest, I think, as well. 17 I think the, 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 yeah, I, I think uh, the outcome might be the same for all of them, but for different reasons. Um, like, I'm going to go to Foden first, actually. We forget like he's, he still hasn't even played a single game for the EDS, which sounds weird when we think about how good he is, but... He doesn't play for the yes at the moment because Fernandez has been plays as a number ten or whatever. He's just been with the under 18s apart from the odd UEFA Youth League game and so on. Uh, but he's just basically been uh, with the under 18s, so I don't see any reason why he won't just move up to the EDS next season uh, and play there for the whole campaign and hopefully you know try and force his way into the cup games. I think that's the obvious thing for him. I think he's too young to go anywhere. I don't think he needs to yet because I think uh, playing uh, hopefully against the odd 23-year-old in the 23s league, which never tends to happen, but fingers crossed it does, I think playing against that is kind of sufficient enough for him next season. I think he'll obviously want to be around the first team, training with them regularly, which I'm sure he will do. And I think likes of Fernandes as well going low next year, meaning meaning he'll be the number 10 for the the EDS, which I think is fine. Muric, I think as well, potentially he'll just be the first choice keeper for the EDS and maybe you know, the second or third choice keeper for the first team, potentially. I think Gunn will either stay or go on loan. So I think Muric is a spot for him there as well. Uh, who, I, I can't on, see him on, even... On Muric, actually, I saw something. I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but um, someone had said they'd yeah. spoken to Pep and that he thought... Uh, wanted to, to what, Yeah, there was some, some rumour. It was on Twitter. I can't, I, can't, I can't remember who it was from. that had said that Pep had said... That he wanted Muric to potentially be the third goalkeeper next season and was planning on giving him minutes. 
Um, I saw that from someone else who said Kevin Kilban had spoken to Lee Carsley, uh, who obviously they're like Irish international teammates, yeah, yeah. and that Lee Carsley was saying the pet wants to keep him around the team. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Murich is fantastic. I think he didn't do his heart reputation any harm either in that in that first leg. I thought he was brilliant once again, powerful, commanding, everything you want from a modern goalkeeper. He reminds me of Neuer a little bit. I know that sounds crazy. He's massive as well. I was, he, he I was stood he behind just, him and I just couldn't believe how big he is. <laughs> it makes me feel tiny and I'm about 12 years older than him it's embarrassing like uh, yeah he's uh, Mjoric is fant- he really is fantastic he's that good I mean I think maybe it's hard to get excited by goalkeepers isn't it which is weird because you know yeah. they don't score goals or whatever goalkeepers maybe uh, have the least glamorous position outside of right back you know um, in the in the, in the whole 11 and yeah he's probably just as big a talent as any of the other players in their positions uh, he, he's that good he's genuinely fantastic he's almost a flawless keeper he's obviously rough but i can't think of any weaknesses to his game at all and that sounds weird saying that but i can't think of anything that he can't do that he do- obviously they all need to improve him but yeah murich um i think they'll probably fast track him i'm hoping he'll get games because this season our third choice keeper hasn't got any games at all angus gunn so it's easy it's all very well saying that, you know we'll keep him around and getting minutes but it, that hasn't happened this year so I'm, I'm hoping if Murich, and I think he'll be all right, Murich, because if he's, he is only young still, I think he'll be all right to spend a season around learning and from the first team, training with the first team, the way Angus Gunn's been doing. I don't think that'll do him any harm. Uh, but yeah, I think that'll be his outcome. Brahim, yes. yeah, go on, Brahim. Is Brahim? I'm not sure. You know, um, just, I still the, think the he reason, is. The reason I ask is just because obviously we've got a little bit of a problem with these kind of two number ten positions that. De Bruyne and Silva yeah. playing in that um, we've not obviously because Gundogan's been injured we've not really had anyone because Zinchenko and Selina and all the other youngsters that play in those kind of positions have been on loan we've not had anyone that could come in and you know just play a 20 minutes in the to close out a game here or there do, do you think there's there's a yeah. chance next season that we could see that kind of role for Brahim? Uh, it's very 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 possible I mean it depends what they want to do because I think they, Brahim if anyone out of all those players, he's the one I could maybe potentially be seeing uh, see out alone. I don't think it'll happen, but I wouldn't be surprised either if he, even though he is only very young, he's the one out of all those, the ones you say the stars are that I could maybe see go out alone somewhere to like a, somewhere like Girona maybe. Girona, maybe yeah. the league would be too much for him. Yeah, because they're about to go up, I think. I think they're only a few points off confirming a league place next season. Yeah, they are, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm still slightly sceptical about Brahim uh, going alone. I think this season's been a, a learning curve for him because he spent a lot of the season, early on at least, playing as a false nine yeah, because of uh, injuries to Ambrose and the Matron and whatever. Um, and that wasn't his best position, but he was still picking up assists. And I still, he still scored about 15 goals this season, no competitions in about 30-odd games. So he's, he's still been effective. But I don't think he's been anywhere near his like kind of flamboyant best because he's not been playing in oppositions. But he's definitely grown physically. I can see that by my own eyes. He's still only pretty small, but he's stockier. He's getting stronger, and it depends what they want from him, what they expect from him this season. I mean, I if if there's a guarantee plays from him in the squad somewhere, um, I would have him around the EDS happily. But you do wonder, like uh, Nemech is going to be the first choice striker almost certainly next season for the EDS, um, and then you think, well, where? Where does uh, Brahim and uh, Foden play then? Uh, you know, one of them's going to miss out, or then someone like uh, you, you got your right wingers who I'm sure one or two of them might still be around. <laughs> the main Buckley, uh, De Rulson, Fernandez. I'm not. They all might go on loan, but I'd be surprised if they all do. And you've got kind of potential squad congestion at EDS level. So then Luke Bolter will move up as well, and you wonder where uh, they'll all fit in potentially. But 
if there's space for him, I'd be happy for him to stay around the EDS and maybe be the squad player that uh, you know that does have that impact role potentially in the first team. But yeah, it's I, I find it really hard with Brahim weirdly because I, I still think he's got a lot of learning to do. Um, but I think I think that he's probably guilty of being able to play a few positions. I think yeah. that's probably his current problem. He's like Foden, obviously, is a number ten. Uh, you know, uh, Sancho obviously is a left winger. Mjolic is obviously is a goalkeeper. But Brahim, he could be thrown anywhere, which could be his benefit. But it could also be the reason why he struggles he'll get nudged to... around. Yeah, yeah, he'll get nudged around. But it might be that there's always someone else senior to nudge around. Where, whereas with Foden, we know he, he's on the bench is because we need a number ten. Uh, and I think he'd probably end up being the number ten currently chosen over Brahim because he's one hundred percent a number ten and he's played there constantly. Where Brahim has been here and there and everywhere, so maybe he's not the go-to. And I think we needed a winger. I think Sancho next season will probably be on the bench ahead of him because he's been playing winger for constantly. So, and I think we obviously need a striker. It's going to be not Brahim because he's not a striker. So it's kind of weird for him. But yeah, I honestly don't know, unfortunately. And I'm sure no one does really until we actually see. But his future is the one I'm, I'm more curious by because I think Sancho, Foden, Mjoric, that lot will just move up. I think they're ready to move up to the S and I think they'll be the ones battling to get into the squads come the League Cup games and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you don't... So obviously it's a difficult question but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, so apart from Mjoric, do you not think there's anyone that could play a sort of... Alex Garcia role next season in that they'll be really around the squad and play the odd game, but you know nominally they're probably not going to be involved. From this team, I I think they're all very young. That's the thing. Like we forget they're sixteen, seventeen. Like Alex Garcia is nineteen. You know, like it's uh, there's a big difference between those age groups. So I I wonder. I mean, it's definitely possible because they're definitely good enough footballers. Um, but I think Foden is probably the one who's got... Foden and Sancho are probably the ones that have got the biggest chance of being regularly involved. You know, in terms of that player who comes off the bench every now and then as a, as a squad player, as a kid. You know, the token you, you play in inclusion. I mean, they've got a big chance because um, Pep, we already know what Pep thinks of Foden. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, I think he would have been the youngest you know, player in Champions League history for Manchester City if we'd not been if we'd been winning against Celtic. And obviously, Pep sees a little bit of uh, Lamarzia in him. It's clear, you know, what he yeah, rates yeah. him. Um, I think it's obvious, and I think there's also the local boy factor. And I think the whole club, everyone at the club, probably wants Foden to succeed more than anyone. I think that's that's probably we not need fair, him, but. Yeah, I think if if the city were put on the spot now and said which academy player do you want to succeed, I'm almost certain they'd go get that lad from Stockport, you know, as a number ten. <laughs> like it's just it's just works on so many levels, and um, and given the fact that he's also fantastic uh, and he's one of our own and all that kind of stuff, yeah, I think there's so much goodwill around Foden that he will almost certainly make his debut next season and play a little bit of football. But um, you never know. Someone like Matt Smith could. Yeah, go on tour in the summer and Pep might think he's fantastic loads of energy loads of tenacity and he might think he, he could sit alongside De Bruyne and uh, Fernandinho next season in a League Cup game and do himself no harm uh, at the moment though it's weird because we, and it sounds weird saying this but you need to see how they grow because in six months time it's such a long I remember away, watching Brahim yeah I remember watching Brahim a year and a half ago and thinking he looks like a baby he looked tiny and it was quite comical how small he looked then he came back after pre-season he just look bigger. His shoulders are grown because obviously when you're a kid, you you just you increase in physicality within months. Sometimes you get growth spurt, and someone like Matt Smith, who's relatively high at the moment, could look 
about a stone and a half heavier in about six months. And he could look like a man all of a sudden, you know, and all that could make a massive difference to how he's treated and how quickly he's pushed on into the first team, so to speak. Um, and who knows? Uh, it could be some wild cards. We could have a, a glut of injuries at right back and D'Amico Dehaney could be playing brilliantly well in the EDS. And Pep goes, I like you. You've got loads of ability. You're fast. You're more senior than most of the players in that group of players. Uh, you might just think, I'll put you in at right back. I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, but you never know, do you, I guess? No, definitely. Well, I think we were all um, hoping for Pablo Maffeo earlier in the season at that West yeah. Brom game, but obviously that that didn't come through, did it? Um, do you think of a loan out to Girona? Do you think it was planned or do you think it was part of his development or it was a bad sign for him? Uh, I don't know. It was a, it was just such a weird one because I think the weirdest part was they were both, him and, I, obviously I understand Angelino, but they were, they were announced at the same time as like this snap decision um and went up on the website and it just it just i don't know i think it was probably planned but that's what the, makes the, me think it was planned yeah the thing, yeah, the, the, same thing time. the thing with mafeo that that i found frustrating was just that if there was any time that you were going to play him it was that west brom game on the back of the um yeah. old trafford thing and subsequently there were things that came out that said uh, i remember re- reading the press that pep thought defensively even though i think most of the fans thought he had a really good game um, there were a few weaknesses and his positioning wasn't great, etc. Which was probably why he didn't play against West Brom. But I just think, as we've yeah. discussed on the previous pod, with youth, you've got to strike whilst the iron's hot. And if you don't give him the Definitely. chance at, at that opportunity, kind of like with you've seen with Tom Davis this season, Bellerin last season, yeah. you never know. They can just it can just explode. Um, I've seen a lot of Tom Davis playing against our teams, and he, he was good. It's, Everton are always very good, you know, at youth level. They're always. They're, they're always very Tom Davisy in terms of, you know, they're always very driven, got a good amount of ability on the ball, and they've always got a little bit of fights for them. Their, their teams are all the same at youth level ever since. And, um, and it's quite heartening to see someone like him do that well and know that our lads are just as good footballers, you know. Like, um, I don't think Tom Davis is any more natural a footballer than Matt Smith. You know, he's a very plays a very similar role in terms of that energy and drive kind of either in midfield or down the right and kind of side. And, uh, I, I, it's great seeing him play there because I've watched our teams play better than them with him in the team and uh, and him have a quiet game before. So uh, Tom Davies is a good example of what can happen if these lads just get a go, as you said, when they strike when the iron's hot. Uh, and Buffeo, I'm hoping it was always the plan that they were just thinking, have him around, get him a few starts, then send him back to Girona to become a regular as opposed to the bit part of play he was last season when he was on loan there. Get a promotion, learn what it's like to play with a bunch of adults, learn what it's like to feel success you know, in promotion, yeah, absolutely. then come back a man, so to speak, and be. And obviously you've got to consider as well the fact that his agent you know, is Pep's brother. I'm sure that's going to help, isn't it? If, uh, if, if there comes to be any decision there. Yeah, it definitely helps when you're... Your bro is representing you. Um, and uh, Brahim as well. Agent, isn't it? Same agent. Yeah, it's the same. It's interesting. I, the thing, I think the other so thing with Mafeo as well is that the fullback situation is really in is really in his favour. It's you know There's nowhere else on the pitch next That's season that we're going to be losing um, both the, both senior players in that position because of contracts. So, you know, he's really, yeah. he, he has, obviously it's got to take Pep to give him a chance and, you know, that's you know that's under its own control, but he's really got an opportunity with both of them um, going to be out. Of I think we'll see it. I think we'll see some players get a chance next season. I think we, Pep's had a, a probably legitimate excuse this season that we were a bit of a mess, weren't we? Really, when it started off so well, we saw the young players on the bench. We saw Adarabayo, Mafeo, and Angelino getting games and stuff, and we saw Alex Garcia at the start of the season when we were doing well. But then the wheels came off, didn't they? Really, and um, since then it's been very much. 
you know, batten down the hatches, uh, go back to the drawing board and start training the first team players a lot more. And I actually genuinely believe he hasn't really had that much time to do that stuff with the youth players as well, which I think he'd want to do. And I think he's really kind of tried to get to grips with the squad a lot more. And um, I, I, I think his intentions are good. I hope his intentions are good. I'm hoping that if next season the squad's a lot more pep and it's a lot more settled in his ways, we'll see a lot more of what we hope from this, these young players. Um, I guess just time will tell, really, won't it? Yeah, no, fingers crossed. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so just before we wrap up, I want to get a prediction from you. What, what do you reckon? Because obviously we took the same score to Stamford Bridge last season, but do you think it'll be different this time? Uh, uh, my face is creasing here because I have Heart no idea what to or... say. <laughs> um, I, this team have spectacular moments in them. Um, and it's, it's, this is probably... I think Head and Hart could both say the same answer for different reasons either way. Uh, so I think you'll go to extra time. That's what I think um, as well. <laughs> and after that, I honestly have no idea. But I'm going to just say and hope for a Man City win. Um, yeah, it's just it. hopeful, I'll be honest. Um, and I think uh, I don't, I'm don't. i expecting a tighter game than it was at Stanford Bridge last season. That's all I'm expecting. Um, I'm hoping hope. for a Man City win. No, I think the... it's going to be a, an excellent game though. Completely agree. No, I can't wait. So, um, yeah, just for all the listeners, that'll be um, Wednesday. I think it'll be on ITV4 again for those in the UK. Um, So, yeah, tune into that. Um, Yeah, thanks very much, Stephen. Um, Good to chat as always, mate. No worries. Um, fun. Enjoy it. Nice one. So, um, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, we'll be back with um, some youth specials soon, potentially over the next couple of months. Um, Yeah, thank you all. Cheers. Cheers.